Hello, 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 and how the devil are we today? Oh, my goodness. Happy Friday. And who has got that Friday feeling? I know I have. Oh, I am so excited it's Friday and it is the weekend tomorrow. Yes. Don't know what I'm going to be doing, but... I'm sure it's going to be more exciting than work. <laughs> so, my little dears, I have an amazing fun fact for you today. Do you know what? Do you remember a couple of days ago we had a fun fact to do with fingerprints and we found out that Every person in the world has a different fingerprint and not only a fingerprint, but a tongue print and an ear print. And no two people, not even identical twins, have the same fingerprints. So I thought today's fun fact was a little bit similar to that in the fact that no two dogs have the same nose print. A dog's nose is exactly the same as a human's finger. They are all different. How weird is that? Did you ever think of that? I am going to look at dogs' noses very carefully from now on. <laughs> Because I just can't imagine that they're all different. But when you look at your fingers, you can see all the little lines, sort of whirls and lines on there. And they are all different and unique to you. So, which means it's nobody else has got the same one as you. So, when you look at a dog's nose, let's see whether it's got any lines and things on it. I'm going to have a look. We don't have a dog, but my brother has a dog. So I'm going to be looking at that very soon. <laughs> oh, dear me. I don't know. We do find out some funny things on here, don't we? But they're all interesting, hopefully. Any old how, it is Friday. It is first thing in the morning. And it's story time. So, shall we carry on with chapter six of The Folk of the Faraway Tree? Find out if we can rescue that silly girl, Connie. Yes, why not? And can you remember last time, yesterday? They were waiting for the beanstalk to grow. So chapter six is to the land of giants. Everyone watched the ground where Jack had buried the beans. At first, nothing happened. Then a sort of little hill came as if a mole was working there. The hill split and up came some beanstalks, putting out two bean leaves. Then other leaves sprang from the centre of the stalk and pointed upward. Then others came and the beanstalks grew higher and higher. 
fire. Incredible, said Beth, watching them grow up and up. They don't even need a pole to climb up. Jack, is that how they grew when you first planted them years ago to climb up to giant land? Just the same, said Jack. Look, you can't even see the tops of them now. It's amazing how they spring up, isn't it? Look how thick and strong the stems have got too. So they had. They were like the trunks of young trees. Have they reached giant land yet? asked Moonface, squinting up. Ah, I can't tell till you climb up, said Jack. I'd come with you, but I've got visitors coming and the princess isn't pleased if I'm not there to greet them. So I'd better go now. He shook hands politely all around, was very pleased when the saucepan man presented him with an extra large kettle in return for his kindness. Beth was glad to see him take in the kettle. Up the beanstalk they went. It was not at all difficult, for there were plenty of strong leaf stalks to tread on and to haul themselves up by. But it did seem a very, very long way up to the top. <sighs> I think we're going to the moon, said Joe, panting. We'll see the man in the moon peeping at us over the top. But they didn't go to the moon. They went to giant land, of course, because the beans never grew up to anywhere else. The topmost shoots waved over giant land and the children and the others rolled off them and lay panting on the ground to rest. Phew! I couldn't have climbed any further, said Beth, trying to get her breath. Oh my, whatever is that, Joe? It's an earthquake, cried Franny. Can't you feel the earth trembling and quaking? Here's a mountain coming on top of us, shouted Joe, and pulled Beth and Franny down a nearby hole. Saucepan peered down, laughing. No earthquake and no mountain, he said. Just an ordinary giant coming along, whose footsteps shake the ground. The noise in the earthquake grew worse and then passed. The giant had gone by. Everyone breathed again and crept out of the hole. I suppose that's a rabbit hole we were in, where giant rabbits live, said Beth. No, a wormhole, where giant worms live, said Moonface. <clears throat> I saw one down at the bottom, like an enormous snake. Oh dear, I won't go down a hole like that again, said Franny. But she did when another earthquake and walking mountain appeared. It was another giant, tall as the sky, his great feet shaking the earth below. Come on, said Moonface, when the second giant had gone safely by. We must hurry, and for goodness sake, get out of the way if another giant comes by, because we don't want to be squashed like raisins under his feet. The third giant stopped when he came near them. He bent down and the children saw that he wore glasses on his enormous nose. 
They looked as large as shop windows. Ha! What are these little creatures? said the giant in a voice that boomed like a thunderstorm. Beetles, I should think, or ants. Most extraordinary. I've never seen any like them before. There was no hole to slip down. The children saw that the giant was trying to pick one of them up. An enormous hand with fingers as thick as young tree trunks came down near them. Everyone was too scared to move. And there was nowhere to hide except for a large dandelion growing as tall as a tree nearby. But Saucepan had a bright idea. He undid his biggest saucepan and clapped it on top of the giant's thumb. It fitted there exactly and stuck there. The giant gave a loud cry of surprise and lifted up his hand. He stood up to see this funny thing that had suddenly appeared on his thumb. And Saucepan yelled to everyone, To the dandelion, quick, hurry! <clears throat> They rushed to the tall dandelion plant. One of the heads floated high above them, a beautiful ripe dandelion clock, full of seeds ready to fly off in the wind. Saucepan shook the stalk violently, and some of the seeds flew off, floating in the air on their parachute of hairs. Catch the stalks of the seeds, catch them. Let the wind float you away, yelled Saucepan. The giant won't guess we're flying off with the dandelion seeds. So each of them caught hold of a dandelion seed. Franny got two and held on tightly. Then the wind blew and the plumy seeds floated high in the air, taking everyone with them. They saw the giant kneel down on the ground to look for the funny creatures that had put the saucepan on his thumb. But then they were off and away, floating high in the breeze. Keep together, keep together, called Moonface, grabbing Silky's hand. We don't want to be blown apart all over giant land. We'd never meet again. Hold hands when you get near. Franny was nearly lost because she had hold of two seeds instead of one and was blown higher than the others. But Joe managed to grab her feet and pull her down beside him. He made her leave go of one of her dandelion seeds and took hold of her hand firmly. Now they were all linking hands in pairs and kept together well. They floated high over giant land, marvelling at the enormous castles there, the great gardens and tall trees. Even the faraway tree would look small here, said Beth. Look, there's the boundary between the land of marvels and giant land, cried Saucepan suddenly, almost letting go of his dandelion seed in his excitement. I'd no idea we would get there so soon. What a wall! It was indeed a marvellous wall. It rose steadily up so high that it seemed to have no end. 
and it shimmered and shook as if it were made out of water. It's a magic wall, said Saucepan. I remember seeing it before. No giant can get in or out, over or under it, because it's painted with giant-proof paint. What's that? asked Joe, shouting. Giant-proof paint can only be bought in the land of marvels, explained Saucepan. Anything painted with it keeps giants away, just like the smell of camphor keeps moths away. It's marvellous. No giant can come close to anything painted with that silvery magic paint. I only wish I had some. Well, how are we to get over or under this wall, said Moonface, as they floated near. It may be giant-proof, but it looks as if it's us-proof too. Oh no, we can go right through it, said Silky. You'll see that as soon as we get right up to it. It won't be there. It's only giant-proof. This sounded impossible. But Silky's words were quite true. When they reached the wall, it gave one last shimmer and was gone. The children floated right down into the land of marvels, where everything was the right size. Oh, it was a great relief to see things properly again and not to have to crane your neck to see if a flower was a daisy or a pimpernel. They floated to the ground, let go of their dandelion seeds, which gradually became the right size once they were away from giant land, and looked around them. There's the ladder without a top, said Silky, pointing. No one has ever climbed beyond the 3,000 rung because they get so tired. And there's the tree that sings. It's singing now. And so it was. A whispery, beautiful song, all about the sun and the wind and the rain. The children could not understand it perfectly, although the tree, or they could understand it perfectly, although the tree did not use any words they knew. It just stood there and poured out its song in tree language. Oh, I could listen to that for ages, said Joe. But we really must get on now. We must all hunt for Connie. Let's shout for her, shall we? Now, all together, shout. They shouted. Connie! Connie! An old woman nearby looked angrily at them. Be quiet, she said, making such a noise. I've a good mind to change you all into a thunderstorm. Then you can make as much noise as you like. It's bad enough to have one child here making a fuss and yelling and screaming without having a whole crowd. Oh, have you seen a child here, said Joe at once. Where is she, please? We're looking for her. She went up the ladder that has no top, said the old woman, and she hasn't come down, and I hope she stays up there forever. Oh, bother, Connie, groaned Joe. Now we'll have to do a bit more climbing and see how far up the ladder she's gone. 
Come on! So off they all went to the shining ladder that stretched from the ground up and up and up. No top could be seen. I'll go, said Moonface. I'm not tired and all of you are. I'll bring Connie down. I doubt if she's gone further than the hundredth rung. He went up the ladder and the others sat down at the bottom, waiting. They waited. And they waited. Why didn't Moonface come back? Well, maybe tomorrow we'll find out why he didn't come back. And where he's got to. Well, he couldn't have got far, could he? Because he could only go up and the ladder's got no top. So doesn't lead anywhere. Hmm, wonder where they've got to. So, hopefully, we will find out tomorrow. <laughs> oh, dear me, that Connie, I tell you. I think I'd just leave her there. I'd get very, very annoyed with her very quickly, I think. <laughs> anyway... I hope you enjoyed that story and I hope you enjoy your Friday because tomorrow is Saturday, the first day of the weekend. It's always, always the best day of the week is the first day of the weekend. Oh, I can almost see the day stretching out before me. So that I don't have to do anything. I don't have to do any work. Don't be daft. I'm a mum. Of course I have to do work. <laughs> That's what mums do all the time. <laughs> anyway, I don't have to go out to work. I can do it in the house. So, you all have the most wonderful Friday. And I... We'll see you all tomorrow where we'll have another fun fact and chapter seven to find out what's happened to Moonface. Now he's followed Connie. I don't know. All these people keep disappearing. So, oh dear me, you all have the most wonderful day, but make sure that while you're enjoying yourself, you take care and you stay safe and I will see you all tomorrow. Bye for now.